just anything but feel. And so it was like, oh, what are you so desperately trying not to feel? I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Hello, hello. We are here at another Humanly Possible show, and I'm really excited about having my guest, uh, author, uh, speaker, actress, mom, sister, grandmother. <laughs> I, I don't I, leave out the grandmother. Most recent, most important, <laughs> the most important grandmother, and I like to say sister from another mother. Um, welcome, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And, and I've been looking forward to this all week. And I want to just jump in and uh, talk a little bit about uh, the shifts in our lives and the shifts that we face and how we face them. And so I'm just curious, the, just to kick this whole thing off, what's, what is one thing that you felt um, uh, felt was small at the time, but ended up being a big shift in your life? Well, there been so many. I would say the most recent was uh, a couple of years ago. I my intention was to to go to Nashville, and and actually that was kind of a an accidental. Uh, I had um, I I had, well, let me back up. <laughs> I had walked the Camino, five hundred miles across the Camino, and I had met a man on the Camino and fallen in love. And he was a therapist, and we were, but he lived in uh, Denmark. And so I was going to write a book about that year, uh, which included uh, the the Camino walk. It included a 30-day silent retreat. It included some ayahuasca ceremonies. It was just a real year of going inward. And so I was going to write about this. And so so I thought, well, you know what? Um, I'll go to Denmark and I'll explore this relationship and write this book. And that was the plan. So I packed up my, all my uh, apartment, I subleased it and was ready to, you know, to spend the year kind of exploring the relationship and writing the book. And then, uh, we broke up right before (laughs) I flew to Denmark and my bags were packed. My, I didn't have an apartment. So I pivoted and thought, well, okay, what do I do? Um, I've got a bunch of friends in Nashville. I'll just put everything in my car and drive to Nashville and spend six months there. I have a great writer's community there and I will write my book and and be surrounded by a community of friends. And so that was kind of my pivot. I guess that was the small shift. Within a month, uh, I was fixed up by a mutual friend with another gentleman another psychologist. So, you know, obviously I have a type and we, I was like, Nope, I am not dating. I'm not, uh, if I'm dating, I'm dating around. I am not going to do this again. Um, three years later, we just got married a few months ago and now I'm living in Nashville. I have an eight year old stepson and it really has changed the trajectory of my whole life because my three adult children 
and their spouses and my grandchild and my brother and everybody are in California. This is not the direction I thought my life was going to go. Wow. Wow. Uh, That is certainly a shift or two or three. Um, And so many exciting things. And first of all, congratulations on your marriage. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. And so many things to celebrate in everything that you just said. It's almost like you had um, lots of little shifts in everything that you just said. Like it all, it all amounted to to this one thing, to this this place where you're at now. From the from the big giant walk that you took, and the the act of subleasing your apartment, and 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 um, and then you know, going on, on the 30 day meditation, meditation retreat, which I can't even imagine being quiet for, I think about seven days in my mind is probably what I could do. And you said 30, I think. Yes. That is impressive. Um, and so I, I'm curious when you look back at each of those and you look at each decision you made to go on each of those little mini adventures, um, what was the thing that happened Right before you decided, like a pause that happened before you thought, I need to go do this. Like each time that you went to go do that, what was the thing that said, you know what, I got to go do this? How did you decide? Well, it's interesting. I hadn't actually even thought about it until you're asking me the question right now. Um, What prompted me to go on that year long kind of inward adventure was another breakup. And, and I think probably, probably part of what that is telling me even now is I, I probably do use relationships to not feel emotions that I don't want to feel. And probably their uh, breakups trigger abandonment issues that are deeper that I don't want to feel. And so, um, so it was a breakup at the beginning of 2016 that I began to feel a lot of emotions. And for the first time, I guess my ego strength in a good way was strong enough to say, okay, I, to notice I was not wanting to feel those things because I actually was kind of witnessing myself one day realizing I was on the couch for about three days after the breakup, just only getting up long enough to go to the refrigerator to get ice cream or to pour a glass of wine or to get into my son's weed or to, you know, uh, just escape and call a friend or do anything but feel. And so it was like, oh, what are you so desperately trying not to feel? And so I just sat on the couch and dared to breathe and realized it was actually a very terrifying feeling. But then I realized I had felt the terror and survived. And so I did it a little bit longer. And by longer, I mean 30 seconds as opposed to 15 seconds. And then a little longer. And then it got actually kind of delicious. And that was when I thought, you know what? There's a lot on the inside that I have tried to outrun. And I'm ready to explore what all is in there. And I knew that silence and stillness was the way to do it. And so that's how I then signed up for the silent retreat, you know, because uh, if I'm going to do something, I go all in. So it's not just to go from 30 seconds on the couch to 30 days at a silent retreat. (laughs) I also knew that I had done enough talk therapy to know that um, there were walls around these parts of myself that I didn't want to feel that 
talk therapy wasn't going to get through. And so I knew that plant medicine can sometimes uh, break you open in ways that, again, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. So let's just break open and get to the places so that I can heal. Because they say you have to feel to heal. And then walking the Camino was another way of kind of walking it out. But also the plan was to be another 30 days alone, but walking it out. Uh, But I met this therapist on day one and ended up walking and talking it out, which turned out to be another part of the healing. It just was an unexpected uh, bonus, I will say, uh, because I realized you know, we are wounded in the context of relationship and we really can only be healed in the context in the, of relationship. So it was actually a, a, an, un, an unexpected but beautiful way to wrap up this year because healing really does, it, it needs to be, you know, human to human. Oh, you get bonus points for saying that. Um, and so when you, when you are a, also a person of, of faith, and you and you you've lived a, a large part of your life in that capacity. And when you look at all these insurmountable things that you've had to accomplish over time, and you 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 throw in your faith, and then also this newfound um, call it spiritual growth. Um, how 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 did you approach? Um, how did you see like one of those insurmountable pieces, one of those things, and say? Oh my God! I gotta you. I gotta look after myself and um, and and borrow from all these little things that you've you've done in order to to climb that mountain and go over the top. How did you climb? Like some of pick an insurmountable thing. How did you climb over the top of that thing? Well, I'll even say that the kind of a little bit of touching on what you alluded to. I would say the single most significant mountain I've had to climb in the last. 12 years was the fact that my faith was in a very structured way in a, in a Christian uh, kind of label since I was 10 years old. And I'm actually very, very grateful for that. Uh, it was a very structured and safe environment that I needed. Uh, but when I began to kind of need to, to break free of some of the confines of the way Christianity is not always the same thing as as being a Christ follower. Uh, the church is sometimes more about rules than it is about grace. And I don't believe that it's the church always is a reflection of who Jesus is. It's a little bit more of a reflection of uh, perhaps even the Apostle Paul or the Old Testament. And And so although I'm grateful for that in the structure because I needed that, uh, there came a point where I knew and I felt like God was wanting me to learn more about grace and mercy. And so that was a huge, a humongous shift because that changed everything in my life. I, I was a, a faith-based speaker and author. I was married to a pastor. Um, all my friends were were Christians. And so uh, it, it shifted everything in my life when I began to say, I'm not rejecting my faith as as a Christ follower, but I'm breaking out of the confines of the box of Christianity, and I'm experiencing God in in ways that are beyond that. And I have no judgment about anybody who is still, you know, in that space. But I need to move beyond, and I'm finding freedom beyond that. And so that was the biggest 
And it really felt insurmountable in many, many ways. And it was very costly. Yeah. And, and so when you think about the costly part of it and, and you think, um, and you decide to make that shift, um, and you know that there's like, it, it, it's so many points of our lives. There's, there's a, um, there's a piece, there's a part, a moment where you go, should I do this? Um, is this, is the, is the, um, is it worth the cost? Um, to, to go forward and do this, whether it's, it's this example of what you're talking about or, or any others, like, <laughs> like when you went on survivor and you're like, I'm sure you faced many costs in during that, like where you were, you were challenged and you're like, is this worth it? How do you, how do you see your way through answering that question? Well, it's been my experience that by the time I ask that question, I'm so far in that turning around and going backwards is really not an option. Um, when I was on the island in Survivor, it was really never an option to quit. So then you you just find it within yourself to stay and make it through and allow whatever deconstruction or undoing may happen. And that's part of what would be tempting that I would be tempting to run from. But if you allow it to destroy you, which you know, really is part of the cycle of life that we, for some reason, we're taught or, or maybe we just assume we're, is, is not supposed to be. And yet when we look at nature, it's all around us. I mean, winter and fall and death and, and night and decay, that's, that is part of the cycle of life. So why we feel like we're always supposed to be in spring and summer and happy and growing, uh, you know, that's something I've had to kind of stop and go, wow, um, that's actually not the way nature works. And so to, by the time I'm, I'm questioning, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? It's because I am be, I'm decomposing in some way of an old way of being. And at that point, I I don't think you can really back out of it. That's awesome. So, so it's just moving forward. We got to, got to keep moving forward and we got to. Well, a lot of times at that point, you know, when it's really a big thing, you can't even move forward. You just endure. You just be still and let it happen. You just realize, you might say to yourself, you know, this will pass or you cry or you, you feel whatever you're feeling. You hang on. You, um, a lot of times I don't, you know, I can't move forward, but I can't move backwards either. And, and that's okay. You wait it out. Would you say that that's where we are right now with everything? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, I think this is, man, it's one thing for seekers like us, you know, we kind of, we, we eat this stuff up, but I, I do feel for people who haven't really signed up for this path where you are forced to be still and deal with what we try to outrun and, and out busy and, um, and, and escape from in all the ways that we do. And yet on the other hand, I do know that transformation historically happens in stillness and silence. Um, and so I can't, I mean, this, this world is going to be different on the other side of this because transformation happens in these circumstances and it's being forced upon us collectively. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice that we are kind of aware of it. We can open to it. We can be with it and know that there'll be good on the other side. But for so many people, 
that that this can be terrifying and i and my heart really goes out to the majority i think of uh, of of humanity that this is very very costly and it's hard to see beyond how much is this is costing them on so many levels oh my gosh you just um you just you just you just put it in a way that i've been um really thinking a lot about, which is that transform, the transformation that we've all been shouting out about, you know, even just did like digital transformation for years. And now all of a sudden there's nothing but digital. (laughs) There's more zoom than any other time in our lives. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's here and, and yet it's, it's this wonderful, great pause for earth, um, to, you know, sit and reflect and do all these things. I, I am, I would imagine Buddhists are sitting, uh, saying, we told you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah but a real buddhist wouldn't actually admit no. to saying that <laughs> no that's right that's right <laughs> i just make that up in my head because it's yeah. fun. <laughs> but you know and we're, we're talking about unintentional uh outcomes like like this is an unintentional like we did not see this coming we don't what you described before um when you're in the thick of it and you're trying to you're trying to um, make a choice, um, and the choice is you're too far past it. it meaning, it's it's now it's unintentional, and you're all the way in it. We're all the way into this pandemic. How? What? What is your? Where do you source from to be able to just be with that? Well, the for me personally, um, this is a, this is a strange question because I'm trying not to source from the same places I've sourced from my whole life. Historically, I have sourced from my mind and I've sourced from uh, action and from books and, and I've tried to figure things out and get a plan and make stuff happen. And that actually feels really good and it's actually a, a made me very successful and would probably very be very successful in terms of handling this pande- pandemic for me. But I personally am wanting to um, strengthen other parts of me that I, are, I don't, I'm not as familiar with. And so I'm trying to lean more into the not doing and in the uncertainty. And so I'm trying to source from when I notice that I'm going into my mind to try to figure something out to actually breathe and get more into my body and feel whatever I'm feeling and then trust that the intuition, which is a deeper wisdom, is actually below the fear and below the emotions and below is in my body and and below my mind. And from there, whatever plan is supposed to happen will organically overflow. But this is all a practice that uh, just like working out and, and, and strengthening muscles in your body, it, I have to do this every day, a little bit at a time, and incrementally get stronger. So the pandemic is a great time for that because I've got time for it. I'm not doing a whole lot. And I'm trying uh, intentionally not to do a whole lot and not fill up this time because I do need the time to exercise this, these subtler ways of being in the world. Beautiful. It's almost like that original time when you uh, when you were trying to breathe through in little increments of time and move through it and just 
be in those little moments was a great um, preemptive um, concept for what would be uh, happening throughout your life as you're you're moving into even now where you're trying to just just be in in where we're at and and settle into it. Exactly, it, it, and that's a great example because I think that there have been so many times. If we're going to use the example, if that I've gone on a thirty day fast and I've lost a lot of weight, but then you've got to actually come home and change your eating habits, or you gain the weight back. Or I've gone and done a boot camp and worked out hard with a trainer for you know six months and gotten strong, and then I stopped going to the trainer and I get flabby again. Well, that, you know, that, that 2016 doing all those big things that, that got me on the inside and into my body was really, really great. And now I have a point of reference for what that feels like. But now what I need to build are habits and changes of being. And so that this is who I am, not what I do. And that is a much harder work, just like changing eating and movement habits are harder than going on a diet or or getting in shape once, you know, and then, but not actually changing your lifestyle. So this feels more like, oh, I actually have to change the way that I relate to my emotions and relate to this world. Mm, beautiful. I, I know that, um, um, there's probably been a lot of different things that have now changed you in your life and how you both um, are a part of your family and lead in your your business um, as as both an actress and a life coach and and um, and and a mom and a grandma and all the things that you're doing. Um, what's one leadership lesson that changed the way you approach everything in your life? You know, as you know, we, you and I went through the coactive leadership ten month. A course together and with your wife, Courtney. And the big takeaway for me from that, for that was uh, I got a lot of feedback that people felt kind of this wall um, that they didn't feel like they could get close to me. And, you know, I knew that I've known that all my life. Um, but I don't know, I didn't know really what to do about it. You know, I, I, I understood I had walls of self-protection and there were some ways that it made sense. Having grown up in the public eye, I've, I've needed to have some walls of self-protection. But And I also knew just having gone through enough therapy that there, they were there before I got on television. And for again, necessary for self-protection. But when you've lived with walls of self-protection for so long, they become so much a part of who you are that just knowing you need to change doesn't gives you doesn't give you the capacity to actually be able to flip it on and off with a switch mm. because they're there protecting a, a lot of fear. And it, it can feel like annihilation to let those walls drop. So in the course of leadership, one takeaway that kind of surprised me was I didn't know how to let people in because I felt like I was, one of the reasons I became a life coach is because I I'm very genuinely curious about people. I love asking them questions. Being a life coach really is more about asking questions than giving advice. And so it seemed to fit my way of being in this world. Through leadership, I discovered experientially that people felt closer to me when I shared about myself. 
and when I talked about myself and I felt the vulnerability of that and kind of the resistance to that. I didn't want to talk about myself. I didn't really want to let them in. I was fine talking about them, but I really didn't want to share about myself. And so I think one big leadership thing that I'm still working on is that it is is important for me as a leader to learn how to receive and be vulnerable and even dependent as it is for me to be strong and independent and to give. Those things come naturally to me. And I think what's what we naturally think of when we think of as a leader, and I think they're important, but I don't know that I have been taught or understood that the balance is equally important of bringing to leadership uh, a soft underbelly and um, vulnerability and being open to receive and need from whomever you're leading as well. I, I could pause on and talk with you all about about that all day long. It's such a wonderful place to see business, uh, life, people around us opening up and being more vulnerable and and uh, allowing that in um, and seeing it as a sign of strength, not a sign of of weakness. And um, and so uh, yeah, we I could I could talk to you about that all day, but I also want to make sure that. Um, that we also keep to our time here. So I, I want to thank you so, so, so much for being here and being you and just giving to the world and just being the beautiful you. So thank you so, so much. And, and I can't wait for everybody else to take part in these, these wonderful insights. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.